The Systems, Strategy and Soul podcast is recorded on Ngunnawal country. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome to the System, Strategy and Soul podcast with Bree Boucher. I'm an online business manager and strategist who works with overworked, burnt out coaches and course creators, helping them to manage and implement system, strategy and soul into their businesses. Join me each week right here where we dive into a new subject or topic that will help you to leave the hustle behind so you can flow through your day with system, strategy and soul. You're listening to the Launch Secret Series, where I, Brie Boucher, interview fellow introverts who share their secrets to launching, some of their launch mistakes, and what they've learned along the way. Let's dive in. Thank you so much for coming back and listening to another Launch Secrets Series episode. Today, I'm speaking with Starlight, and Starlight is a community launch strategist and marketing specialist, helping thought leaders and change makers manifest and fulfill their calling. She helps entrepreneurs scale their business with online memberships and transformative programs and make reoccurring revenue so they can live a life designed to their desires and have an impact they're proud of. So cool to have you here today, Starlight. I'm so delighted to be here, Bree. Thank you. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about yourself and, you know, where where you're coming to us from and, you know, your business and everything. Absolutely. So my business name is Bottled Lightning, and I call it that because I've been accused of bottling lightning for my clients in the past. (laughs) And there, you know, in the context of my experience over working in startup industries, uh, in marketing experience, I have quite a bit of expertise in innovation. All of that combined to learning in a very effective way what you need in order to generate momentum really quickly, which is kind of what contributes to the larger expertise around launching. And like when you need lightning in a bottle, Starlight's who we call. Yeah. I'm so delighted to be here. Thanks for having me. I love talking about launching. Yeah. And where um, where are you based, Starlight? Oh, so I'm from San Diego, but right now I'm living and working remotely in the Caribbean. I'm hailing from Bocas del Toro, Panama right now. Amazing. That sounds like a nice lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's great. It's too bad it's dark here. Otherwise, I would show you my amazing view. I've got literally palm trees and oceans right outside the front door of my house. It's amazing. Oh, sounds beautiful. Sounds like the dream. I don't know if you can see like all the pictures on my um, like vision board behind me. They're all like lots of, you know, yeah. um, beachy <laughs> vibes going on behind me. So. <laughs> Yeah. Come cool. visit any time, baby. Come visit any time. right? I'll have to. <laughs> um, so let's jump into some icebreaker questions just to get to know each other a little bit more. If you know your Myers-Briggs profile, I'd love for you to share what your personality profile is. I'm an INFJ, yes. by the way. I love it. I love it. So technically, it depends on my mood as to what results I get. I either bounce between an ENFP or an INFP. I am a classic introverted extrovert in that I'm extroverted until I'm done being extroverted. And it's not, you know, it's not something I can just turn on very easily. Uh, but that's, you know, people are like, oh, I'm so surprised you identify as introverted. I'm very much introverted privately. It's, mm. but when we step out into the world, we're ready to put the face on, you know? Yeah, absolutely. 
I know what you mean. Like INFJs in particular do tend to be mistaken for extroverts because we do sometimes like fall into like putting that extrovert mask on and like showing up in a certain way, but also they're kind of very people focused. So even though, you know, we might be drained by people being around people, we we still really want to be around them. So there's that kind of contradiction. <laughs> I like to say yeah, that's fascinating. like super contradictions, like they're just contradictions after contradictions. So it's really interesting. Yeah. So given you kind of do have that spectrum of introversion and extroversion, like how does maybe being an introvert show up in your business in particular? Oh, that's a good question. So I'm a strategist, which means I do a lot of time speaking with my clients. That's really where I need to put on the face. Mm -hmm. And in my experience in running my business, I quickly learned that I could not have an open schedule with meetings every single day where I needed to be on and facing my clients. I could block it and give myself a couple of hours on these days or what I like to call like client day where I have my calls from the top of the day to the bottom of the day where Mm -hmm. I know that when I'm waking up tomorrow, I'm putting on my face and I'm bringing the energy. And then when that day is over, Friday, I try to have, I'm part of the like working towards the Fridays off club. Yeah. yeah. Friday, we get Fridays off and sail into the weekend so that by no. the time Monday rolls around, my energy is recharged and I'm ready to go back and deal with my business again. Yeah. Sounds like a great strategy. So uh, it sounds to me like you like to use the calendar blocking kind of or batching your time. And I find that really yeah. useful as well. And I think, you know, it's, it's really handy, like you're saying, for introverts because we can kind of just like almost like have that go all in time and just be like, all right, I'm going to show up in this moment for these people and then I'm going to take the time the next day to recharge and re-energize. I think there's something nice too about being able to mentally prepare yourself for extroversion yes. that having a bit of blocking really helps because needing to be like if, if somebody was walking into my office, like if I had a brick front and random people were walking into my office every day to need help, that would be yeah. an absolute disaster for me because the mental space that I need to be in to be effective, to be of service, to be focused on what it is they need it requires for me to be in a place energetically where that's something I can really serve and deliver. Yeah, absolutely. And like, you know, you're touching on it. It's like online business is the introvert's dream. I think, you know, being able to do our own time and schedule and, and, you know, being able to kind of just stay at home and like hang out at home and work from home without having to, yeah, be, you know, in that brick and mortar kind of situation where people do just like knock on the door and be like oh hi can I come in for a chat I'm like I don't have I don't have the chat in oh. me sorry <laughs> oh my god the face sorry. I would make on accident I'm too transparent <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious yeah so cool so talking about re-energizing what would be your favorite way to re-energize I think there's my favorite way and then there's the way that I default to. And my default is to kind of dissociate on TikTok for a bit. I freaking love TikTok. There's just so many creative and amazing things there that can keep my mind busy while allowing me to completely separate from work or whatever it is I need to focus on. So I'm guilty of falling down a TikTok rabbit hole to recharge. Yeah. My my favorite way, obviously, is ocean and nature oriented. Like I live in the Caribbean. The water is like bath water here. Going for a snorkel first thing in the morning is just 
top shelf lifestyle in my opinion yeah and uh, I really like it to get away to and I, I live in a cluster of islands that are rather small but near together and so it's fun to like pop in a boat taxi, hop over to another island, hang out on the beach for a little bit, go to a separate island where the snorkel spots are good, come back to this island for dinner, you know, and it's things like that where it's that really is get me out of the house because I need to be yeah. out of the house. Otherwise, I kind of fall into work, eternal working yeah, and put me in the sun, in the water with a snorkel top shelf. I love that. Amazing. Stuff. Yeah. I wish I had your lifestyle. <laughs> You're making me so jealous. <laughs> I want you to come and visit me. Like I'm being very clear here. Yes, yes, I know. We can oh, house, Lord, we yes. can house swap. I haven't been to Australia yet, so listen, yep, yep. we'll just swap Maybe for a few day. days. I'll take care of your doggies. I got a couple of cats. We'll work it out. Love it. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> <laughs> Other than TikTok, do you like to get into like reading or do you have like a favorite show that you like to watch? And if so, what are you kind of getting into at the moment? Yeah, you know, my my comfort series, what I like to call it, is The Good Place. Like uh, oh, The I Good Place just thrills. Girl, it's so good. How far into it are you? <laughs> like the first episode. <laughs> oh, my God. You don't even know the magic that's coming. Stick with it. Stick with yeah. it. It's going to be a uh, Top shelf. Amazing. I love Amazing. I love a good place. I'm trying to think of another show lately that I really loved Shits Creek, obviously. Like that's just a really another really like feel good. I love snarky, sarcastic comedy in that way. Yeah. yeah. And that sort of like underhanded throwing jokes in there. And I really love shows that you watch once you love so you watch them again but then the next time you watch them through you pick up on all these other things that weren't yeah. that you didn't notice because you were kind yeah. of engaged so much in the plot the first time yeah. yeah yeah when it comes to books I've got myself my little kindle and it yeah. is full to the gills of all sorts of things it kind of depends what mood I'm in when I pick it up but I'm also a big fan of book talk which is the sort of like book side of TikTok. Yeah. And I'm constantly getting book recommendations from there. Yeah. And that now I've just got books on books on books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've just realized that like on Amazon, there's like the heading now is like TikTok made me do it. So if you just like write that into Amazon, you're going to be, you know, fine Yo. with what, what solution comes out. Yo, <laughs> listen, if you're an author and you're getting ready to launch your book, this is just mm -hmm. a little launch tip. Yeah. Find somebody with an active following or on TikTok who is on the side of BookTok, who does book reviews. This yeah. is above and beyond starting your own TikTok and talking about your book topic. Like you should do that today if you haven't done it. But if you're getting ready to launch your book, create some relationships with some of the influencers who are on TikTok because TikTok gives what's called like the TikTok effect where mm -hmm. somebody will talk about or show something and next thing you know, you go to Amazon and it's sold out for the next three months and you can't get it. So many people don't realize how effective this platform is because they kind of dismissed it as like kids dancing when it first came yeah. out. Yeah. And like if you're sitting here listening and you're like, I don't know, TikTok, it just sounds so dumb. Every time I picked it up, it sucks. OK, listen, the first time you pick it up, you're getting served the lowest common denominator algorithm of content. So be really explicit about what you like. Swipe quickly if you hate it click don't show me this anymore and mm. within a day or two TikTok will start That's to figure out algorithm wise yeah. what's good for you and start showing you the stuff that you like and then man you're hooked, you're hooked. <laughs> yeah. yeah then they've got you 
<laughs> yeah, but uh, for I can't wait for my next author who crosses my path to be like, yo, let's include part of your launch strategy on TikTok because it's just if you have a product, if you have a course, if you I've I ran into a coach the other day on TikTok. I didn't know her personally. She's not a client. She had an amazing little tiny short video and I was like, wow, this is amazing. Who is this chick? And she had clearly just joined TikTok but was an established she's a a, a pleasure specialist, right? Mm-hmm. Like live a life full of pleasure. What does that mean? What does that feel like? What does that look like? And she had a wait list up for her group. And I reached out to her and I was like, yo, you seem really cool. Cause with TikTok, there's that sort of parasocial relationship that you develop, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's video. It feels very personal. It's not yeah. polished like Instagram reels. Yeah. It's really just like the authenticity is what really makes TikTok work. And so I go to her site fully ready to sign up for whatever she had on offer. And her group coaching didn't start until October. And I sent her an email mm-hmm. and I was like, when does this start? October? Okay. I'll be ready. Two weeks later, I got an email that she had moved up the date of her coaching. It was going to start in two weeks, and it was completely sold out because wow. why? She showed up. She was authentic. She did her magic on TikTok, and then the TikTok effect happened, and she realized, wow, actually, there's quite a bit of momentum behind this. I could do this now instead of six months from now. Mm, yeah. So cool. That's the good good. Yeah, absolutely. I um, I've dabbled in TikTok. My history on social media, I was very much into Instagram and I'm now taking steps, like I've pretty much stopped using social media and I'm now like kind of shutting down my Instagram um, and I'm going to use like a nine grid as like my kind of like landing page on Instagram and then people can kind of like come off it. But yep. just the other day, because I'm, I'm like, you know, I might get into TikTok just for fun because I want to like, you know, have that video kind of contact because that's when I was in on Instagram, it was always about the video, you know, it was like stories or lives or reels. And so I think I'll probably miss that. And it won't feel like, you know, just doing a video for to send out to my email list is going to be, it will feel weird. But anyway, I it was like, oh, maybe I will get into TikTok. And then I just had this like download of all of these ideas of, you know, one subject that I could come up, you know, that I could come up with. I'm like, all right, I'm onto it. It's happening. yeah yo if you want I can give you a couple of tips to make the most of it like there's a few things that work really amazing with TikTok the first one is unlike every other social platform they don't preach to the choir that means your content isn't only going to your followers the way the algorithm works is that when you post a video it shows it to a small group of people made up of your followers and not your followers because one of the biggest features on TikTok is the for you page that's just the algorithm thinks you'll like this video sometimes it's people you follow sometimes it isn't so when they show that video to this small group of followers and mix of new people they see how the video performs. Did people like it? Did they watch all the way through? Did they leave a comment? Did they share it? And if they did, they go, oh, maybe this is a good video. So they they send that same video out to a larger crowd, a little mixy-mixy of half and halfy, and then a larger one. And then once it's kind of demonstrated that it's legit quality, they'll put mm-hmm. it on everybody's for you page who matches in the algorithm, which means that you have the opportunity to reach an audience that is completely independent of your followers, your list, your average circle. Yeah. The other thing is, is the first 30 days of your profile, if you haven't started your business profile, don't start it until you're ready. Because the Mm. first 30 days, 
TikTok gives you unprecedented growth opportunity in the algorithm. They're like, we want this person to win. We want you to get hooked on the platform and we want you to see those numbers and those likes and those watches and the vanity metrics and all the good, good stuff that gets us hooked. Listen, when you go on TikTok and you're ready to go, get on there and just go for 30 days. Just go for 30 days, whatever consistent looks like for you. One video a day, a couple videos a week, whatever, but give yourself a month of really putting the work in there and you will see incredible results. I had a client who got on there by my recommendation. She's a laughter yoga instructor. Oh, cool. It's amazing. Her whole job is like creating laughter in the moment. And you know how like you start out fake laughing and all of a sudden like, ha, 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 And like the vibe is just so great. So I told her like, what you have to offer is perfect for TikTok because it's just that short little nibblet, like pop on there and do what you do. I'm interrupting this episode to tell you about today's sponsor, the launch Like an Introvert Starter Pack. Download this template pack from my shop today and get instant access to an Asana, Airtable or ClickUp launch project planner, a launch calculator and a debrief tracker. Available now. In two weeks, she had maybe posted nine videos max, but in two weeks, one of those videos went up to 1.5 million views. Her follow count went over 10K. In 24 hours, that video took off. Wow. Okay. It's worth it. The okay. other part of this is, go, <laughs> right, go on there with something to offer because people really do fall down the rabbit hole if they connect with you. Yeah. Make sure you just got something in that link that sends them into your world, whatever that may be. And then the additional part is like, freaking delete the nasty comments and block them because it's the worldwide internet. TikTok is a global thing. Like, don't let the hate deter you. Mm. Stick with who you really are. Be authentic. You don't have to put on your makeup. You'll start to realize like being yourself there is what's genuinely rewarded because we're all kind of being ourselves together. Anyways, I'm going to get off my TikTok course. No, I love it. Like that's. As a platform, I can't get enough of it. I'm kind of on the, in in talking about getting away from social media in general, real talk, I highly agree. The thing is, Mm -hmm. is I get a lot of business from Facebook groups where my ideal clients are hanging out. And so it's kind of tough for me to walk away from it entirely. Yeah, same. But I've been kind of off Instagram with that kind of basic grid landing page, more or less, for a hot minute. But I really liked it when companies like Lush, for example, earlier at the end of last year, earlier this year, decided they were just like kind of getting away from the core platforms and sticking with Pinterest, which is more or less a search engine. Yeah. And and then they had leaned into what was the other one they had leaned into? I want to say TikTok, but I don't think that's right. There was one other where they oh, YouTube. And then Twitter, because on Twitter they could solve customer service issues, right? Uh, And they weren't on Twitter to, like, have a Twitter profile. They were just there to be able to answer important questions or problems. Yeah. But they decided to pivot all their content to YouTube and Pinterest and completely abandon the whole online thing because there's just a whole lot about it that's problematic. And that's Mm. a huge major organization and and corporation whose brand identity is beauty. And it seems like it would be appropriate, almost necessary to stay on social media, but Mm. they've moved away from it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think, you know, whether it's just because I am in this space but like I'm seeing so many people talking about you know coming off social media and you know that like marketing exists outside of social media like it existed beforehand so therefore it's going to continue existing 
And, you know, yeah. if we put all of our, you know, eggs into the social media bucket, we're going to just have no, <laughs> we've got nothing, you know, like we've got nothing to fall back on. You remember when Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp all went down, went down. last year yeah. and everybody yeah. freaked out? If that's yes. not a signal that you need to not put all your eggs in that basket, I don't know what is. That's right. I know. Yeah, absolutely. We could probably talk about social media forever, but let's talk about We can talk about all about... this forever, Gala. Okay, yeah. okay. Next question. Next question. <laughs> talk a little bit more about launching. I love that you, you know, gave some of those like hot tips around the you know, using TikTok for launching and, and book launching and all that sort of stuff. So we're going to have some gold nuggets in this conversation for sure. Now, let's talk a little bit about, you know, when you first started out and if you had, you know, some launch strategies that you tried that just didn't work for you and maybe because it was energetically wrong or you were following other people's kind of methods and it just felt icky somehow. Do you have any stories like that? Yeah, you know, so I didn't, I didn't per se start out in launching in so much as I found myself doing launches for my clients because I had yeah. such a, a sort of technical digital ecosystem marketing combination of things that made it really easy for me to see the big picture and go, what are we trying to do? We're trying to sell stuff. Okay, let's go. Yeah. I think my biggest mistake, and I think this one's on me was completely ignoring email marketing forever because yeah. I thought I hated emails. It turns out I don't. There are obviously people who have access to me in my inbox that I've been subscribed to forever. But for some reason, when you talk to me about email marketing, I don't think about those people. I think about spam and DMs and crap yeah. I don't like, right? Yeah. And I thought that the best marketing technique in the world was referrals. Okay, so that's not a strategy. That is <laughs> on that's that's an inbound road, but that yeah. is not something that when you really need to for a launch or something, crank up the Burning volume the to make yeah. it possible to get real results, right? Yeah. And so I I made a lot of mistakes in my own business because the way that I started out initially was in doing branding and design for clients as a freelancer. Today, they're known as virtual assistants or graphic designers or copywriters, but mm. like that's what I kicked off doing. And the reason I kind of made the transition to strategy is I kept realizing that my clients didn't know what they were wanting or doing in their business in a broader picture. And I kept seeing the people that were working for them fail to deliver what they wanted because they didn't have the big picture and the roadmap figured out for themselves. Yeah. And so that's kind of where I made the transition. But I wish that I would have known what I know now about how to market my own business because that's the third mistake. Like, girl, I'm, I'm older than I look. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> but I've been in business for a hot minute and I've made a grip of mistakes. And the third mistake really was thinking that my clients being in the spotlight was doing anybody any favors. And I always put their businesses first, their systems first, their development first, all of that, instead of continuing to build my business as well in the process. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, the work you do with your clients and specifically around like community launches, like that sort of it's something that I hadn't really considered or like, you know, come across as a kind of niche, if we want to use that word, you know, so talk us yeah. about like what you do in that space. Yeah. So 
a big part of my experience in growth hacking and and especially in the movement of early lean startup was the fast way for a software as a service technique, which was the industry that I came from, both as a designer, creator, launcher, all of that good stuff, was generating fast momentum inside of community. If you could build a community around a software as a service, mm. you could get really fast traction and breakthrough and get better funding and better numbers and, and all the things that lead to like billion dollar valuations that everybody wants to be the next unicorn or whatever, right? So those skills turned into realizing actually this has a really clear application for coaches, consultants, thought leaders, experts, people who have a burning vision inside of themselves and want to share it and feel this desire mm. to make the world a better place and don't want to be the only person carrying the flame. And so they're thinking about like, how do I get my book into the world? How do I do my group coaching? How do I, what, at the end of the group coaching, everybody wants me to create a Facebook group, but I don't know what to charge for and I don't know what to think about it, right? And usually entrepreneurs come at the community aspect of their business on accident and kind yeah. of fumble their way through the first start until they realize like, oh, actually I need to get my message and what should I charge and what's the system here and how does this not make me sit on my computer all day every day yeah. being present in my community? And that's all stuff that I had managed in the context of helping other people sort of become that and I realized that that would be a really good fit for my expertise. So that's that's kind of how I came about it. And 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 then, of course, I was doing it prior to the pandemic. But in the pandemic, where everybody who had been offline needed to find a way to bring their community online, it was just a necessary and perfect fit that has continued to have ripples from from that moving forward, just because being able to create a community experience in a virtual space is not easy. And it and but it doesn't have to be hard right it's not yeah. it's simple it's not necessarily easy but it's simple and and yeah. it's totally doable but there is an element to that where it's not just throwing up a facebook group and popping a manager in there who like makes sure that nobody posts spammy stuff right like yeah. there really is something about generating connection and community and what that takes to bring people together but again launches, bringing a lot of people together to make some stuff move forward all at once translates very nicely to how do you then bring them all together and have them work together to move forward all at once and create something that continues to evolve and grow in its own accord. Yeah, absolutely. So like one of the things you touched on was like, you know, having, I guess, intention behind creating it um, in, in the first place. So for people like me that have created a Facebook group and didn't really have a process or a you know, strategy behind it. What's the, what would you say is like the best way to reignite that, to then have the strategy moving forward? Yeah. So what I like to say is that people come at the multifaceted diamond of creating a, a, a community and only pay attention to one or two things on that diamond. But mm -hmm. the diamond is this beautiful, holistic thing that has all these aspects to it that really make it complete. And so not to pitch like a lead magnet, but I have a one page mm -hmm. community design formula that doesn't necessarily give you all of the answers, but it asks all of the important questions that if you have the answer to all of those questions, you have a diamond that can then be 
refined, taken forward, moved into, delegated. It can unify your team. It can help you quickly go what is and what's not and what have I been missing and what do I need to include and turns it into I just kind of threw it together and things have been going and I'm, I'm struggling to stay on top of it into no, I have something that even if it's not all done and all ready right now, I have the complete picture of where this is going and I know what's essential to make it successful. Amazing. We're definitely going to get our hands on that. Um, <laughs> <magnet>. so, <laughs> forgive me, forgive me. I'm sorry. No, not at all. Like, it's my community design one page formula, baby. That's the solution. <laughs> <laughs> I am here for it. We'll make sure that it's in the show notes. Everyone else that are just like, oh my God, I need it immediately. So thank you for that. So one of the last questions I want to talk to you about is like what your favorite like launch strategy would be or your kind of go-to launch method for yourself or for your clients? Okay. If you have one. This is, yeah, this is, this is some insider stuff on what happens the minute that you're quote done launching. Usually the launch process is so exhausting and tiresome that when we close the doors on our cart, we feel like we've accomplished it and we got to take a break and just like move on with life in a way. Right. Here's the deal. An onboarding, a, a holistic onboarding that, that feels like you're getting invited into a party and the hostess is showing you where to put your coat and where the bathroom is and hands you a drink and invites you into a couple of people to make a connection so that you enjoy yourself at the party, the thing that we as introverts really need when we arrive at a party, right? Yes. Show me where everything is. Yes. Give me, get me conversating with a couple of people that even yes. though I don't know anybody here, you've helped me get the combo started. Yeah. That is absolutely a non-negotiable when it comes to communities but when you do it and you do it well darling it turns the lifetime value of that member so let's say they paid a hundred dollars they're in for the year yeah a, a thoughtful and well done onboarding series turns them it triples that lifetime value so now they went from being a, they're likely to be a member for a year or two now because of that warm delightful oh my god we're going to remember that party forever they have warm feelings about it they feel like they made progress they made connections it's not like a course where they set it forget it and then cancel the subscription after they see it past their you know bank statement a few times yeah, right yeah like that can triple the lifetime value of the membership so if you think about like them buying additional products, them extending the life of their membership, whatever that is, triple, girl, do some math on that. And all of a sudden Amazing. you're like, what wouldn't I do to have an onboarding system? Now, in the yeah. course department, in the same way of like launches, courses have an abysmal industry completion rate, right? 6% average, 15% if you're nasty. But like, that's bad. That means yeah. people are buying shit, forgetting about it, not getting results, can't give you testimonials, can't talk about how great your program is. You don't get more customers because nobody's getting results. Boom. Yeah. Hate it. A thoughtful onboarding experience, even if it's automated and evergreen, can improve retention rates and completion rates of the program because they feel like they're connected with other people and moving forward in a cohort experience. Yeah. Now we're talking just that experience alone turns course completion rates into 65, 70% of your students are actually going through the course, completing it, getting results. Ugh. Amazing. So cool. I know that's not like a typical like launch strategy per se, no, but like it. it is my go-to absolutely must have. Your launch doesn't end the day that your cart ends. Mm -hmm. It ends yes. once your people are integrated and have started making progress. 
Yeah. And I love that you, you know, do go with this, you know, like not the normal answer to that question because so much does happen and can happen after you close cart, you know, beyond not just like the onboarding, but even like reaching out to people who are on the fence and just seeing if they, you know, want, want some, you know, last minute support or put them on the wait list for next time. Like there's so much that can happen after the cart closes. So I love that you, yeah, touched on that. All right. Been such an amazing conversation. Let's finish it up here and maybe I'll have to get you back on for another conversation because there's plenty more to have. So, um, Starlight, where can people find you online? They can find me at my website, bottledlightning.co. Now, when you type it in, make sure it says bottled lightning and not lighting because I'm not a lighting company, but bottledlightning.co. Or you can find me at iBottleLightning on just about every social media platform. Awesome. So cool. I'll make sure that's in the show notes as well as that amazing lead magnet. It's been so great having you here today. It's oh been, my God, yeah. this was amazing. I love it. Please have me back. So Plus, good. we got to talk about our house swap. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for listening to the System Strategy and Soul podcast with Brie Boucher. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and I would love it so much if you would let me know by rating and reviewing it on Apple Podcasts. Leaving me a five-star review if you feel so inclined or screenshot and tag me on Instagram at thebreeboucher so we can get this podcast into the ears of the people who need to hear it. Until next time, this has been the System Strategy and Soul podcast with Brie Boucher.